0: Unsportsmanlike Conduct, 15 yards. All-star, 5-yard penalty. What up, you little bitches? Thank you for joining me with, what is this, episode seven um, of the Peanut Butter League, the best fantasy football podcast in the world. And joining me today is none other than my co-host until I cut his ass off, P. Mills. Um, Interesting uh, episode here today. We have a few things to talk about. Didn't necessarily get an episode to talk about uh, the end of the season, Super Bowl winner, um, so looking to wrap the season up on this, and then we'll jump into a uh, new member of the league. Um, you know, we have some awards that we're here to talk about. Um, but first, I contemplated getting JT on a championship episode, but couldn't get myself to it because to me, JT is not a real champion. Um, with that being said, P Mills, uh JT won the Super Bowl you know, kick us off, end the season. What are your thoughts?
1: Uh, I mean, so props to JT. He had um, what I think most people considered to be the best team from kind of uh, beginning to end. Uh, he didn't, he didn't have the best record in the regular season uh, lost some games in the middle, but I think always had the most points in the league um, was, was probably the most feared opponent to play week in and week out. Um, and he just, he, he, he made it happen. He not only did he have all the draft picks at the beginning of the season, but he, he kind of scrapped and clawed and, and did all the little things you have to do to keep your team in it. You know, he's always picking guys up and dropping them and he led the league in moves. He probably led the league in trades. Uh, he set himself up well for next year. He got Drew's fucking first round pick, um, which, which I know you have, have beef with. Um, but like, Honestly, I voted for him for manager of the year. I know that Ross ended up winning it. um, And Ross is certainly, you know, deserving. He has, he has his own uh, kind of credentials as well, but I voted for JT for manager of the year. I mean, he just, he did everything he needed to do. He won the title. I mean, that to me, that's uh, that's what does it. I know you say asterisks we've, we've litigated that to, you know, into oblivion, into the group chat. I can defend it again here if you need, but uh, um, yeah, he, uh, he just did did everything right, everything you needed to, Well, maybe not everything right, but did everything you needed to do to, to, to win the title.
0: Yeah, and I think to your point, um, I would agree. I mean, all year, JT uh, had the team that everyone was scared of. Uh, we talk about it a lot. I mean, Sam won the league. Uh, that's been going on in the chat a little bit. Sam likes to chirp. Um, <laughs> Sam has the luck part down. Overall, um, I think his historically his stats aren't that great. He has been on a bit of a wagon. Has the luck part down? I think JT with his team itself deserved to win the league, deserved to get first, deserved to get the Super Bowl. Set himself up great. It does come off a tankier. So keep that in mind. It's not like he just you know swindled his way to this. It did take. I think a. Was he winless, or did he get one win? He, last he year?
1: won like two games last year, I think, one or two games.
0: Okay, so uh,
1: took a horrible
0: year to get there. So uh, not necessarily as maybe savvy as some of the other teams, but definitely had a wagon. Um, on the asterisk asterisk point that you made, I think we all know that JTD and you are kind of in each other's pockets. You guys have a long history of um, of going back and forth with some very skeptical shit. So uh, to that, we're moving on. I mean, he is our champion. Um, maybe your champion, he'll never be mine. Although he won the Super Bowl, uh, he's not deserving of a championship pod to I'm, complete. I'm just going to say
1: this, it, for, for everyone who's upset, and I know and you, you, to your credit, you've always been on the train from the moment that he ran the beer mile in questionable fashion. From, from draft day onward, you've always been on this, on this, on this hill. So to your credit, you have not changed. To everybody else who wants to fucking come in and start chirping now, you didn't say dick on fucking draft day. Nobody else in this league. Chip maybe wavered a little bit, said something, but at the end of the day, it's Chip's ruling. We could have voted on it. We could have appealed it. We could have changed the ruling. Nobody fucking said a word. So I don't want to hear everyone complaining just because he won the title five months later. When Shu was the only one leaving the charge day of, and nobody had his back. so that's that's all I have to say.,
0: yeah, which is insane to me. um but here nor there, the season's over. jt has the uh, the championship under his belt. Now, with that being said, um can you you have updated the um, overall standings and like have yeah. taken this year into account with our yeah. rankings? Uh, if you want to pull that up, um, not necessarily prepared for this, but if you want to quickly talk about, um, and if you want to send it my way too, I don't know if I have it on hand. Yeah, uh, yeah. if you want to talk about, has there been any big shifts? You know, I don't think JT winning the Super Bowl really, um, the guys on Rushmore, he remains on Rushmore. I don't think this, uh, the Super Bowl carries as much weight, but were there any big changes from this year moving forward and kind of shifts in the power rankings? Um, and where do we stand on that?
1: Yeah, the biggest, um, I'll have to remember, I, I think i mentioned it in the, in the chat, but, um, I don't have a snapshot of last year's ranking in front of me, but this year's rankings, um, the top four remained, I believe unchanged actually a little bit changed. Um, So JT stayed at number one. Um, I think Shu Chip jumped you to barely get into number two spot. Um, And then you're at three. And then Drew was the biggest drop. So Drew fell from – I think Drew was in third or fourth spot, um, and he dropped to sixth. I jumped into the fourth spot with Sam trailing behind in fifth. So I think biggest gain was Sam, um, and biggest loss was – biggest loss was Drew in terms of the aggregate rankings, which makes sense. I mean, Sam had a first place finish, Drew had a last place finish and both, and and Drew had, I mean, going from someone who had literally never missed the playoffs before to finishing last place, definitely um, hurt him. You you can expect that to hurt him, hurt him in the overall aggregate rankings. Um, But Sam, I mean, continues to climb. He's been, he's had probably the best four year stretch, um, you know, over the last four years that, that, that we've, you know, not, I'm not saying four-year stretch in the history of the league. I'm just saying over the last four years, he's, he's had a great stretch, winning two winning two Super Bowls, winning uh, um, the regular season as well. Um, so he continues to climb. Right now sitting in fifth place, um, kind of sandwiched between me and Drew. But, but yeah, I mean, the, 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 the rankings don't change a ton from year to year. It definitely takes a large um, anomaly for you to move a, a, a bunch. But especially at this point with a lot of people having, you know, 15, 16, 14 data points in the the years in the the league. So it's hard for one year to really, um, really change it. But yeah, that's that's where we stand at the moment. Um, Other than that, not a ton to talk about. I think. Ross. Ross even though with the, the the high finish I think he finished obviously second place overall still sitting at, at 10th in aggregate ranking just based on his his poor performances in prior years. Um, I still have Brody in these rankings. He's at 11th. Vince at 12. Um, now I guess Vince gets a little bit of a bump up to 11 with PK coming in at 12, um, based on his based on his one year that he that he played when he was in sixth grade. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious when JT put that in because we do have the stats. I mean, he was yeah. uh, in in sixth grade. That was our, his sixth grade year. That was like the first year we did the league. Um, he his his team name was Pac Men. And he uh, he he finished six and eight with uh, in eighth overall out of ten. So that was uh, he so that's with his with his average ranking of of eighth place in final standings, regular standings, and power rankings, uh, that would put him in twelfth place overall in the league. So yeah. Peyton, and you got some more, <laughs>
0: and and that's some, that's something I do want to jump into here in a moment. But as we look at the final aggregate rankings. It does look like Chip barely bounced ahead of me. I'm trying to see where he's ahead of me at regular season. Regular
1: season is yeah. Chip is has number one in regular season. Um, so,
0: ranking. so I think um, interesting thing here because I think consistently whenever I ask people, you know, what their Rushmore is, who's on Rushmore, it comes down to J T, Chip, and myself. Um, I think Chip has one of the whack championships back when it wasn't that serious. But we look into that fourth spot on Rushmore. Um, you know, you're sitting at fourth place in the overall rankings. Sam has been moving up, like you said. He had a he's had a big uh, a big swing in the last four years. Um, Mason's down at seven. Who I mean, when we when we go into the new season, everything's wrapped up this year. There was always a lot of what ifs. I think we can all agree, you know, those top three spots are on Rushmore. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you don't. If you don't, would love to hear it. But who would you say at this point, you know, kind of takes that last spot? Because I do think that last spot is a little up in there.
1: Yeah, I mean, it can go a number of different ways, right? Like if you go pure, like kind of what I have with these pure rankings, like who delivers year in and year out, like regardless of if you take titles out of it, if you just consider a title as just being first place at the end of the year, um, and don't give any extra weighting to it, I mean, I think that's where you would put myself in that conversation just for being, I mean, every year competitive, most, I mean, you know, you can say that I'm in a weak division, but, you know, uh, most division titles, um, you know, second best regular season ranking, um, it's just a consistency that's, that, that's kind of always there. Um, if you want to go another way and look kind of, a, um, it, it just look by, you know, championships, Super Bowls, things like that, uh, I mean, Mason has two Super Bowls. He has three regular season championships, um, even though he's only in seventh in the aggregate rankings. I mean, he has uh, a lot of the hardware, if you will. Uh, and then Sam is probably the la- the third person to kind of get into that discussion where he- he's a little bit of a combination of both, where he, he doesn't have quite the lows that Mason has. Uh, he does have one last place finish. Uh, back in the day, but but he doesn't have the lows that Mason has. He still has two Super Bowls. He has two regular season champions, um, and he's a little bit more consistent. So I think between those three are the three that you have to kind of decide between. Um, I think personally, I think I don't know. I've always said Mason, but then this year Sam makes a Sam makes a, a strong case for himself. Um, so maybe you can put him in there. I don't, I don't I don't know where which which direction you want to go with it.
0: Yeah. Um, when we talk about Rushmore. I agree with you on a lot of points. I think the only thing I disagree with is the only place that you have on Rushmore is to climb up and then jump off. <laughs> um, because if you can't win a Super Bowl in as many years as we've been in the league, you can't find one. And I do understand there's luck. I understand there's uh, multiple things that go into it. Um, but to say that you're deserving of Rushmore without one ring, Um, I think that you should climb up to Rushmore and then jump right off of it. Um, Going back to, I agree on the point that if you think about it, it is on, uh, it really does come down to Sam and Mason. The, The tough thing here is, is when you think of fantasy football, like they both have last places. I've said in the past that last place is really going to have a hit on um you know your legacy Uh, i also think that tanking has a hit but when i think of like who am i more scared of in fantasy like who do i think would actually make a move i think i have to land on mason because although he does tank he does have a strategy and has shown that Mm -hmm. he can put that strategy into play i don't necessarily love like the tanking strategy i don't think it's like good for the league But like you had mentioned, he, he had our, he's mentioned even like he has a strategy. He executes the strategy where Sam, I really do think Sam in the last four years has really had a huge luck factor in it. Like I never look at Sam and think like, I'm so scared of Sam. He's going to make this big, crazy move. Like he's gotten very, very lucky with some of the things that have happened.
1: Yeah, no, I, I mean, that, I, I agree. Um, that's I would probably land on Mason as well. He seems a little bit more intentional about the things that he does. Um, I think Sam has improved a lot in terms of gameplay. But, I mean, I also – obviously, anything with fantasy football, there's going to be luck, right? There's going to be injury luck. There's going to be matchup luck. There's going to be all kinds of stuff. Um, but, I mean, one of his titles, obviously, coming as a, a seven seed, kind of making a run through, playing, like, some teams that had horrible weeks in the playoffs – Obviously, the Demar Samlin situation that uh, that, that we talk about, um, and then this year, I mean, having having no injuries all season long, and to you know, to to my credit, I guess I, I jinxed him going into the playoffs after talking about that on the pod because then he had two injuries and left those guys in his lineup. Yeah, but, and let's
0: uh, and let's not forget that. Like, are you, like whether it matters or not. I'm trying to come up with a comparison to this, and I just haven't yet. But like, whether it matters or not. Dakota said in the group chat literally this morning, like even when we weren't playing for money, like no one fucked up like that. And it's like whether you would have lost, whether you wouldn't have, like that is such a fuck up that like you're just not gonna live down.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree, and that's, I mean, maybe just for that reason, it's it's Mason instead of Sam. I think if if we're we're splitting hairs, it comes down to you were the one number one overall seed and left two injured players in your lineup in in the playoffs, so. You were out. Like they, they didn't like just announce it like right before game time. Like he had said that Keenan Allen was out the day before that game. Like he had 24 hours to make that move and never did.
0: Especially after winning the the like regular season, like yeah. you literally have such a good shot at winning the league. Like it's just such a bad fuck up. Obviously would have lost anyways, but like does not shade the fact of how bad that is. Um. So with that being said, going into the new year, um, you know, there's a lot up in the air, I think, especially with myself, um, you know, coming off a really bad year, I do still think I'm on Rushmore, but have to pull something together. I've been on a little bit of a decline, um, where Sam's been moving up. You have yourself, um, if you were to win a championship, you would be a really good argument to be on Rushmore, but until then you're just going to have to fucking sit there and look at it. Um, as well as drew who knows if drew has a good year um he also could make a very big jump so it'll be interesting to see um what happens next year and how everything can come into play um and then like you had mentioned before we have a new member of the league vince is at the very bottom who will be the new vote um so with that being said we'll kind of transition into the next topic uh have a new member of the league Uh, I think it was always kind of set in stone. There's a few people um, that we were considering. I think what it really boiled down to was Nick or Peyton. Um, I think Peyton was kind of the front runner the whole time, and he is now here. Uh, Mm -hmm. He does have one one season in the league back in the sixth grade, so it's been a while. Uh, (laughs) Probably didn't even have armpit hair uh, the last time that he stepped into the peanut butter league. So what are your thoughts on Peyton? What are your expectations? and um where do you think how do you think he's going to impact the league if at all
1: um yeah i mean so i think one i think he's a good he's a good culture add to the league um i mean i've always kind of known peyton but i've definitely gotten to know him a lot better since uh, since he moved to chicago um so he's uh he's a good time i think he'll be a good time come come draft parties he uh so so from that aspect i think i think he's a good good addition um, definitely seems to still be feeling himself out in the in the group chat, in the Discord. It's probably a little overwhelming when you first just jump in and everyone's just, you know, fucking yelling at each other and going back and forth and stuff. He doesn't quite have the history with everyone that, that a lot of other people do, so I'm sure he'll kind of feel his way in and eventually, you know, find his niche, find his spot. Um, in terms of fantasy football prowess, I have absolutely no idea what to expect. Um, obviously, the only thing we know about him is he finished last in whatever league he was in. That he had to do that uh, that Twitch stream, so I mean, maybe he sucks at fantasy football. I mean, let's see. he he finished eighth place. I actually went back. I just pulled up his team from uh, 2008 when when we had that uh, when his first year in the league. Um, there are some guys on his team that I literally don't even know who the fuck they are. But here, his quarterback <laughs> Eli Manning, uh, wide receivers Steve Smith and Terrell Owens. Oh um, shit. He had uh, he actually had both Steve Smiths on his team. What year is this? This is 2008. eight. Eight, Jesus. <laughs> um, he had his running back. Wait, he only, do we only have one running back on the roster back then? I don't know. He had a running back, uh, Ryan Grant, um, tight end Dallas Clark, a wide receiver, Kevin Smith. I don't think I know who Kevin Smith is. Um, he also had Ronnie Brown on his bench, so some guys you would know for sure, but let him do a six and eight eighth place finish. That was before we even did like PPR or anything. So like his, his average score per week was like 78 points or something like that. Cause we had just standard scoring and like, it was We, we obviously things have changed a lot since then. Um, but in, in terms of draft capital for next year, he was actually asking me about it. Cause uh, like the other day we were watching football and he's like, did Brody leave me with like anything to, to, to work with uh, and he's looking okay. He's got um, basically just, a a pick in every round Um, he's got two sixth round picks and two 13th round picks Uh, no seventh and no 15th but so I mean I guess a little bit above average but basically just a a run of the mill he's going to start from kind of an even level level playing field going into next season so I guess we'll see what he's made of I mean kind of that's kind of the story of next year is definitely not as many you know crazy a lot of draft picks or no draft picks at all. Like we had in the, this last year. Um, a lot of people are pretty even, I mean, a couple of rounds, uh, improved or, or, declined, but, uh, I think it'll be a lot more even of a season next year. And so hopefully he can kind of find his footing.
0: Yeah. And it does have to be overwhelming for him. I'm expecting a lot out of the little fella, um, have heard a lot from the boys, obviously. Uh, I haven't spent too much time with him. So excited to uh, hammer a trillion beers together. Um, But he is quickly finding out the wrath of, uh, of Jay Shu. I've, I'm trying to get him in the chat a little bit more texted him on the side. Um, It comes off as nice. And then I call him a motherfucker or something. Um, So excited for him to feel a little more comfortable into the group chat, talk a little more shit, understand. Um, Should have went after me off the bat to really make a statement. Didn't. So I had to bury him
1: right off the bat. I was was with him when you, uh, when you, when you were texting him, you're like, you got to make a name for yourself. You got to go after someone. I would suggest chip or Preston. (laughs) He was like, he was like, what the fuck is this? I was like, God damn it.
0: (laughs) And then I had to out him. Not only did I send him a message on the side, then I had to send a receipt of a screenshot. So he's quickly learning. Uh, just the, the, uh, banter of the league, I guess I should say. Um, as far as I, as far as how I think he's going to impact the league, I think he's going to come in. I think this kid's going to stink. Um, little brother, uh, history of getting last place. I was watching a live stream of him playing call of duty because he got last. So really not expecting much. Um, but
1: we'll see where it lands. I mean, how much worse? I mean, in terms of just overall rankings, it's difficult to be much worse than Brody was, though. So, I mean, in terms of in terms of overall, I mean, he could be. I mean, who knows? But but cause, I mean, Brody had some good seasons, but um, you know. One question overall, I have is, more is more how.
0: Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut off. But one question I have is like, say he does come in, you know, we have these all these. Uh, different rankings this will be interesting like how do you wait him not being in the league as long because if say he like won the league or won a super one it's like one 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 like obviously you're right, not right, right. you know one
1: yeah i mean i think that right the way i'll do it is just just keep the rankings as is kind of keep them like you know keep the rankings mathematically calculating the same and you know eventually as he accumulates more years Um, things will even themselves out. I think you might get some weird results at the beginning and you can kind of take them with a grain of salt. I mean, I don't think people like people obviously care about what these rankings say, but they're, you know, there's not like money attached to them or anything like that. So you can kind of put an, if if, let's say he wins and he's up there and and even if he wins though, I think like that still, even if he goes one, one, one across the board, he would still be kind of four, four, four across the board because he's weighted down by that eighth place last year. So even then, I mean, that would get him towards the, towards the top of the league for sure. But um, you know, it, it's still just you, you'd you obviously take it with a grain of salt with, yeah. with just with the lack of sample size until he gets a few years under his belt. You'll kind of be able to see, um, you know, what what he looks like. I don't remember when I started doing these rankings exactly, but something similar could have definitely happened with Ross. I mean, Ross won the league. Uh, I guess it was his fifth season that he won the league. So that could have could have uh, maybe. Uh, you know, skewed some results a little bit. I, I, I might've started doing these, these rankings like right after that. Um, but I, I think once you get four or five years under your belt, things, things definitely start to settle in and, and kind of average out to where, where you'll, where you'll likely be.
0: Okay. Um, so with that being said, new league member, a lot of drama at the end of the year of where the draft location was going to be. We had some of us, who were spinning different locations. The others uh, wanted to do the Kimes, got on the call, which was probably the worst timing of all time. I was having Sunday, Sunday. Um, the football game was on. We vote, everything goes on. Um, draft is at the Kimes. Think it's going to be a um, a fun time. The Mooch League does live up to its name, um, so not necessarily proud of that. Um, but as we go into the draft, as we think about the draft, there's been a few things that have been suggested. Um, you know, I in the past have suggested like golf. Now we're kind of talking about a pickleball tournament. Um, do you think we kind of run these tournaments? Do you think it turns into um another booze fest? Like what are some suggestions that we have on the draft? I think it's kind of I
1: think it is yeah, going to be a think- booze fest, but I think if we are good, because I love the ideas, right? I love the, like, the, the, we obviously did the basketball tournament last time. Like, I think the pickleball idea is a good one. I think everyone would like to do golf. Um, I think if we're going to, like, if we're serious about, like, doing those events, we have to kind of organize them ahead of time because once we get there, like, all hell just breaks loose. I mean, you know how it is. It's like everyone's just, just boozing and having a good time and happy to see each other and just riding the vibes. And I mean, last year we did get kind of a little bit of a basketball tournament going. We were typically just absolutely sauced out there on the court, like when we were trying to play. But uh, I mean, it was it was fun to do. Um, But I think if you want like a legitimate any kind of tournament, like we got to organize it ahead of time, and we got to make sure that like people are there almost the whole time, right? Because I mean, if you're if you're trying to run it and people are the indie people are going home in between or doing whatever, like then it's a little bit harder to to organize everything. Um, Over on your, I I love the idea, and I think that's something to take advantage of when you're in that spot, like it's not something that you can necessarily do when we're on one of these destination things, like in terms of, you know, golfing, like it's hard to get clubs, like just in terms of finding space to play basketball, play pickleball, stuff like that. Like it's something to take advantage of when we're at a house like this rather than, you know, traveling elsewhere.
0: Yeah. Over under how many hours Kyle hangs out with us.
1: (laughs) I don't remember what his reason was for having to leave early last time, but I mean, hopefully he's there the whole time. I I don't know. The, the, The problem is like, A lot of the indie guys, because it's an indie, like didn't take Friday off last year. So like they didn't come till late Friday as opposed to like just being there Thursday night, like the whole day, like a lot of times like we normally do. Um, So I I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to say, I mean, what? So Thursday, typically we're there all day Friday, all day Saturday, um, half the day Thursday. And so what, like 30 or 48, 60, 60 hours maybe of of time that you would normally be there. So I'm going to say Kyle's there for, I'll give him, I'll say 40, he'll be there for at least 48 hours.
0: Okay. Okay. And unfortunately this will be the first year that I'm not part of Thursday squad. I had one job and one job only to come with dates that I'm completely available um, and totally fumbled the bag there. Uh, So I will be taking the first flight out Friday morning, uh, and hopefully getting to India around 10 a.m., um, yeah. which you know isn't really that bad because usually, even that next day we go a little too hard on Thursday, then you're hungover. I'm going to show up feeling
1: fresh, uh, and then <laughs> we'll like just... a fucking wrecking ball on Thursday or Friday morning. Everyone's just waking up from the night before. <laughs> uh,
0: I do think one uh, one thing I do want to point out though, and that I've thought about is with and I think since we're doing it local, since we're doing it at the times, one thing. I think would be really fun is we always talk about like these division rivalries. Like I think the division rivalry talk is like blows the actual rivalry, like matchup out of the waters. Like we're always arguing which division is better. I think it would be a blast if we did like a a division Olympics almost. So like we, we somehow come up with scores like for golf friends for instance, you wouldn't be able to be on the same um, twosome or foursome. Like you could – you'd have to pair up with somebody from a different division. So you okay. could like – you couldn't like you know, cheat or anything like that. right. right so right. keep it as pure as possible. But then like somehow like take the scores of golf incorporated with a pickleball tournament, incorporated with a Euchre tournament and like mm. incorporate that all together to kind of have a division Olympics. That would be awesome. To see who wins, I think. I mean, obviously, we would have to come up with a few different games. I think pickleball is great. Card game would be great. Um, obviously, basketball. I think golf would be amazing if we could get like early tee times one day that wouldn't take up the whole day. Right. Um, but I, that's something that I kind of have in the works that I'm trying to figure out that uh, I would need your brain for.
1: Yeah, no, that'd be that'd be sick. That'd be awesome. Um, and yeah, I think I like incorporating the different the different things because. Obviously, you don't necessarily want to do something where it's where it's all you know. Um, I don't know, strength based or whatever. Like, I guess, I guess every division kind of has some big boys. But, but I mean, with your division one, with uh, with you and Ross and Chip, there's some some uh, some big boys on that division. And then Sam and Sam and Mason in division three, uh, and then. I guess Vincent Dakota in my division um, in terms of just some providing some brawn there as well. So who knows, maybe we do, maybe we just throw, throw everyone in an, an octagon and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but I yeah, I love the idea of, of, of mixing um, kind of a multi, multi, I don't know, not multimedia, but like a, you know, multi-event sort of thing coming, obviously going card games, going golf, going, Um, basketball, pickleball, stuff like that. I think it'd be a good time. I think
0: With the history of eggs and egg toss in there. (laughs) Um, There's a lot of stuff. I've really thought about this. There's a few ideas. So if any of the boys have any ideas, um, maybe this isn't even something that people want to do, but I think if it's something that we could organize beforehand and not just like go into it drunk as fuck and like being like, Oh, we're going to do this because it won't turn out. But if right. it is, yeah, that,
1: ahead of time, yeah,
0: yeah, if it's something that the boys want to do, we can plan it ahead of time, have it all uh, kind of lined up, and then go from there. Throw
1: a little FIFA tournament in there, maybe. I think that's always that was. Yeah, I think.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I think FIFA would be great. That would be fun. Like if we played doubles, and then you would be yeah. on like your yeah. a division right. team. Right. Um, but with that being said, you know the draft. The crazy thing is, is we get off these calls and then it feels like it's here before no time, but have a little bit of time um, and excited for that. And I can't believe we're doing it at the location we are because I was ready to beat up one of my best friends. Um, (laughs) But moving on, last but not least, um, something new that something that's new to the peanut butter league this year um, is we have our first annual peanut butter league award ceremony Um, that's something that, you know, we've been cooking up or or thinking of for quite a while now. I think the first message I sent was back in November. Chip did an unreal job at executing. Mm -hmm. Um, so if that's something that we want to quickly go through, do you want to start with, do you want to save manager of the year for last and kind of go backwards or do you want to start with that that? We can do that backwards.
1: Yeah, that works. Yeah. We'll start with like most valuable player, fantasy player.
0: Yeah, so I'll go through these quickly. Um, I have to say, first off, I didn't even notice because I was so locked in on who was winning what and what was going on that I didn't even notice a lot of the visuals of the card. <laughs> Chip did yeah. an unbelievable job with these visuals, dude. Yeah. So we have Manny Machado in the top right, Brody in the Speedo and Cape running. Uh, me, when I was just down bad, we got the Mason Scottsdale photo, a peanut butter smidge. We got a flying watermelon and then the, uh, a Polaroid of the 1942. I mean, and then, <laughs> and then the quote from our Airbnb president. The, yeah, the my- Airbnb
1: quote is what is what absolutely gets me every fucking time. I don't
0: even think that like you can top this. I think he did an unreal job. So shout out to Chip for executing. Everybody gives him shit about being commish, not, uh, not contributing anything. I think this was unreal. Uh, so first off, with the first, we'll we'll sort of work back here backwards here. Um, but the first award we'll go over is the most valuable player award um, of who uh, who was drafted. So I think this one's pretty easy. Um, we got JT who won most valuable player with Christian McCaffrey, uh, and then there was Big Sexy with five votes. That was um, ten I believe. Yeah. Tyree kill. And then Sam with one, um, thoughts.
1: Uh, I I mean, this, this is, I voted for Christian McCaffrey. It was amazing to me, not just with this one, but with all of them, how close all of these, um, all of these votes were like, almost all of them came down to like one or two votes. Um, but, but yeah, I thought, I mean, I think that it was, it was always going to be between Christian McCaffrey and Tyreek Hill. Um, I think the fact that JT won the league and just the touchdowns that Christian McCaffrey put up, like how reliable he was every single week, um, just made him, made him that valuable. And um, yeah, I mean, that's that. I, to me, this was my vote. I don't know if you agreed or not, but, but that's, that's what I, I, I think is the right call.
0: Um. So we'll run into this theme a little bit. So I was like driving when I was filling this thing out, uh, trying to just fucking see all of them but i'm pretty sure i actually voted for tyree kill but in hindsight i should have voted for christian mccaffrey i don't know if it was put in our chat or if i saw it somewhere else and somebody can fact check me here um but i saw something along the lines of like 77 percent of people in fantasy football who won the championship had christian mccaffrey on their team like it was an absolute insane. insane number yeah um So, no, I think very deserving, of course, JT gets something stupid. Um, But I think that uh, that one makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Moving on to the Wheeling and Dealing Award, which is really the best trades and transactions. Um, We got Big Sexy. He was coming in with the most votes at seven. Um, Don't have many details here. Uh, I know he did have a very big trade with Kyle in the beginning of the year, really flip-flopped his team, had some really mm-hmm. good waiver wire pickups with Puka. That's what you need to win. Yep. Couldn't get it done at the end. Um, but in second and third, we have JT at four and then Mason with one.
1: Yep. No, I, I I agree with this one. I don't remember who I voted for. It was, but it was definitely between those two. I think, Um, Ross definitely made, had like the most overhaul of his team throughout the year. Um, JT definitely was like, was scrappy the whole time we talked about that earlier. I mean, I think he had like almost 70 moves throughout the year. He was just picking guys up like every single week. Um, but the Puka Nakua pickup, I mean, was huge for Ross that just made his team that much deeper and provided him, um, you know, some, some wide receiver depth and, and, and honestly, I mean, not even depth, like it made, he was a top end wide receiver for a good chunk of the season. Um, so that, that was a huge pickup for him. So yeah, I think that was, this was deserved. So moving
0: on, we got back to back awards with big sexy. Um, we have the Mr. Invincible award and that's the least contribution in the discord. And this was almost (laughs) like, this was almost unanimous. Just every vote in the entire league. We had Ross with 11 and then Brody came in with one. Um, which is which was crazy this year. Something I don't know what flipped with Brody because he's usually in the group chat talking shit. One of the more lively people fell off this year um, and then quit. So that's <laughs> shocking. So uh, he did get one vote there, but I don't think it's anything to talk about. Ross's non-existent.
1: Yeah, and, and just just for the record, the Mister Invisible Award, not Mister Invincible. Oh, Award. I said Invisible. <laughs> <laughs> but- Mr. <laughs> Mr. Invisible, sorry. Um, but yeah, no, I mean this this was a no-brainer. Ross just absolutely like you've gotta you've gotta text him if you want to get a hold of him. He's he he it is what well, it makes it funny because when he does chime in then it's like a big event. Um but but you just you hear from him like maybe once a month at most in the group chat.
0: And usually it's once a month. It's both matchups against me. He like says something and then like one other time. Um, but Mister Invisible, my uh, NAI degree is showing. Uh, moving on, so now we can get into some that I think are going to be a little more controversial. Um, we have Mister Irrelevant, uh, and this is essentially the Shadow Realm Award. Uh, really, just somebody who could never put it together. And with this one, who did we have win? So it was actually a tie between. Brody and Drew. Um, I thought this made sense uh, just because those were the two that were battling the beer mile um, mm-hmm. the entire year. It was really no question about it. Looking back, though, it's kind of crazy how close the beer mile gets, but how far at, like behind they always seemed. Because I was only two games ahead of Drew, which really isn't that much.
1: Right, right. It's just a matter of, like, I mean, when with two games, though, when he only won, what, three games all season? Like, so, I mean, that's, that'd be almost doubling his wins to, yeah, to get to get there. So, but um, this one was a little bit interesting. Like, it's hard to determine what people, what you mean by irrelevant necessarily. Um, like, is it a combination of, like, because obviously it, it was relevant. Like, the last place battle came down in the final week between Brody and Drew. Like, that was relevant to people, but, I mean, they – you know it was relevant to avoid the punishment but but uh yeah I, I think this one's fair. they both tied I mean Brody now ultra irrelevant that the fact that he is he the league and is, and is gone so that uh that, that makes sense for both um I probably, I think I leaned to Brody in this one just because um I don't know I think finishing last makes you a little bit relevant because of the because of the the beer mile aspect but and also just Brody quitting the league I mean that that's the ultimate irrelevant move. Yeah.
0: Other votes here. Um, this one was quite shocking to me because if there was a Mr. Relevant award when it comes to anything, um, I should unanimously win because whether I'm good, whether I'm bad, I'm the one thing people can't keep out of their mouth. So I actually did receive two votes on this one, which surprised me because I would say I am the ultimate relevant warrior. Um, and then Kyle received two as well, which, uh, I don't necessarily know if I agree with that either because he was kind of always in conversation.
1: Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm not sure. I mean, again, people, I think just interpret the award differently, but yeah, I definitely would not categorize you as irrelevant. Uh,
0: moving on. This is another one I thought was a little controversial. We have the biggest shit talker of the year, which I do think, um, I do think my reputation may have carried me a bit specifically this year for this award. Um, So I came in with six votes and I actually got the biggest shit talker of the year. Chip was next with four and then Mason and Vince uh, each came in with one. Uh, I think historically biggest shit talker. I think I would take it hands down. Um, I think this year, like I think chip, was more annoying than me. I think he talked more shit. He talked shit to everyone. I had my moments, but overall, um, you know, happy to take the award, but, (laughs) but, uh, I think, I think Chip may have gotten slighted on this award.
1: Yeah. I think it's a little bit of a lifetime achievement award. Uh, I mean, our first year doing it, it's kind of like, you just think of every moment that people have had to deal with you since the beginning of this league, um, maybe as it goes on, maybe people will be able to separate more year by year, but, but to start, I mean, you, you just, you are, I mean, if you want to talk about Matt Rushmore of shit talking, it is, it is just you. I mean, there's no one else on it. It's just a one man, a one man Rushmore. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, that's, it's understandable why people, why people went you. I think Chip has a valid case. He definitely got kind of annoying at the end of the year. Um, if you want to talk about annoying shit talking, actually, Sam probably should have made the fucking list because he was just annoyed the hell out of everybody at the end of the season with his yeah. fucking little TikTok video or that he made and all that shit. But, uh, yeah. and then, yeah. like,
0: the thing about Sam is, like, he talks the shit. Like, I talk the shit in all caps and I wear it, and Sam will, like, say something. He's like, sorry, guys, let me just sit in my moment. It's like he can't even wear the shit talk he says. And yeah. then it's just, like, petty annoying shit talk. I think he may have annoyed, we've talked about it. I don't know if he annoyed everyone, but. Glad to hear it annoyed somebody else besides myself. (laughs) Um, Very surprised to see Mason and Vince on there. Um, Mason does talk a little bit, but it's solely only to me. Um, I think Chip is the only other person in the league that universally will talk shit to pretty much anybody. Dakota is starting to grow there, which I love to see. Uh, Dakota's starting to talk a little bit more. He's starting to talk shit to everybody because usually it generally is everyone – Coming at me, sometimes coming at Chip. Mason will talk and stand up to the big bad wolf. Uh, but I don't necessarily think that that constitutes for a vote of
1: biggest yeah. shit talker. No, the problem with Dakota is his teams are just like you want to talk about someone who you just are never worried about in fantasy football he's <laughs> fucking Dakota. Like you just he can talk shit, but he does not strike fear into the heart of anybody.
0: Yeah. I would uh moving forward, I mean, I'm uh am always ha- <clears throat> excuse me, I'm always happy to talk shit. Um, But would like to see the banter go around a little bit. Like Sam definitely deserves a roast. There's different people that deserve uh, to be roasted. I don't even remember Vince ever talking shit. Vince literally always says like, guys, can we just have a good time? And then immediately we'll complain about something. Um, So not sure. He may have have broken the rules and voted for himself. Not sure. Um, Moving on, we have best draft selection of the year. Dakota won um, with six votes. Then we have Mason, and one person did not vote. Turns out Mason didn't even draft Laporta. That was you yeah. who swindled. Um, so I'd love to hear your thoughts on uh, the two different uh, two different players.
1: Two yeah, different I players. thought that this one could have been a toss-up for sure. And I mean, it came down to six votes versus five votes. Um, Raheem Mostert, tenth round, huge huge pickup for Dakota. I mean that that carried him um for a good chunk of this season um and then Laporta um yeah I mean that was, I was the one who picked Laporta in round 11 and I mean Laporta ended up being did he end up being the number 1 tight end in the league um in points wise it was it was close um I don't know if it was I know Hawkinson was leading for a long time who was the my actual tight end um which is why I traded Laporta and I, I would not say that Mason by the way that Mason swindled me with that trade cuz I I got James Cook uh he got Laporta like this no. was early in the season. LaPorta ended up being very good, but like I had Hawkinson, so like Laporta was always going to be behind Hawkinson anyway. James yeah. Cook ended up being a beast at the end of the year, so it ended up being fairly even in terms of in terms of the trade. But um, that was a
0: quote from
1: Mason himself. Yeah, you know, it, it, it was. Um, but yeah, he uh, I, I voted for the Laporta pick. Obviously, it was my own pick. I thought it was it was solid picking up a rookie because rookie tight ends are normally not that good, and taking him in the eleventh round ends up being. One of the top tight ends of the league, if not the top tight end of the league. Um, But, I mean, Raheem Mostert, still a quality pick, um, ended up, you know, as a 10th-round selection being the kind of go-to running back for a high-powered offense. I mean, he had a bunch of touchdowns. So, yeah, that was was solid as well for Dakota.
0: And I think, like, when you think about it, like, it's always good to have a great running back. But when you can have, like, a tight end like Laporta as a keeper that late Mm – in a dying position who gets no points. Like it's always such a Russian roulette of if you're going to fucking score or not, if you don't have one of three players. Um, So I do think uh, I would almost
1: rather have Laporta, really. Yeah, no, I I agree. Uh,
0: Moving on, another very controversial one, and maybe it's only controversial to me because it includes myself um we have the trade rape of the year and i knew it would really come down to two different trades um vince vince's trade with me uh is actually one that took the top spot here i also i do think that my legacy here uh carried a little weight in this one people wanted to see me have kind of a pie in the face reward maybe um we can go over the two different trades but Vince's trade with me, that one at six. Then we have JT and Drew's trade with four. And then we have Kyle with Chip, which Kyle with Chip, that was just a first for Cooper Cup or a second for Cooper Cup, Second
1: second for Cooper Cup, yeah.
0: Second for Cooper Cup. Um, Yeah, I don't think that was a good uh, trade for Chip, but I don't necessarily think it was to the extent
1: of the top two here. It, It went kind of under the radar, I think, which is why it was just not really mentioned or thought about.
0: Yeah. So I would love to hear from your point of view uh, before I jump into things. Do you think this was, you know, kind of the same as the shit talking award, a little bit of Lexi? um, Or do you truly think that I do think I should have been in the running? So I'm not I'm not denying that by any means. Um, But which trade do you think was worse?
1: Um, I think, so I voted for the one that won. I voted for Vince over you and in my rationale was a couple things. One, I think it depends if you're, if you're judging the trade in the moment or are you, if you're judging the results of the trade long-term because in the moment, the, the, the drew, uh, the drew JT one seems worse. Um, obviously everyone thought you made a good trade, I think when you first did it, but then the results. So I think the issue for the issue for, for me, with your trade, was that it? I mean, you obviously you gave up the, your first two picks. You gave up first sec first round pick, second round pick, and like the trade because Eckler was so bad, it almost ended up making you worse. And I think it ended up making Vince better. Like Vince yeah. won games after the trade than you did, and, and I now, would have beat Vince if I wouldn't have traded him the week because we played I, literally. I think, the week I yeah, I think those factors, like because like just the way it's not that it just did, it, not that it didn't work out for you, it's that it didn't work out for you. You lost those picks, and it worked out better for Vince. Um, I think is what makes it number one for me. The Drew JT one, I, I mean, Drew giving up his number one pick um, and like one of his best players is is too crazy on on its face. Who I do I do understand Drew's argument in that he got a bunch of like second, third, fourth round picks back and he had like nothing. Like he would have, he would have been in a really, really tough position next year if he just had that first round pick and then nothing else till like, I think it was like round five. Um, so that would have put him in a really bad spot. Now next year, he doesn't get the number one pick or the number one overall pick, but he does get, you know, he he gets picks in, in the, those second, third, fourth rounds. And he does have, I think he has Kyron Williams as his keeper who Kyron Williams will likely be a first round pick next year, I think, you know, in most, at least in ADP. Um, so, so that he'll be able to at least kind of fill in a, a top, a top level pick for himself next year. So I think it, it's not the worst thing in the world. It, it still looked really bad on paper. But I think at the end of the day, if you look at like what you gave up and then the following results compared to Drew's trade, that's why I went with yours. But I think both of them should be should have been considered.
0: Yeah, I just can't imagine a world. Because when you look at Drew's trade, really, like he got some picks. But like what pick would you constitute? Because if you look at the picks, like there's a bunch of picks flying around. And then giving up Waddle and Jonathan Taylor, like is absurd. So like really, if you look at it, pick for pick. Drew gets a first or gives up his first, gets two seconds. What like pick wise, what would you constitute trading for a first overall? Um, I mean, I, I think I think you'd have to get
1: at least two seconds.
0: Um, exactly. So we'll look at it that way. So he basically gave up. You know, that is a is a trade. Two seconds for for a first. Then you have the fourth for the sixth, fifth for the eighth. So JT basically got Jalen Waddell and Jonathan Taylor for Spears and Singletary. <laughs> so it's like what like what are we talking about and, and then like you have the backfill conversation i mean i did get a third back which i don't think is like anything crazy impactful but giving mm-hmm. up a first second get a third back you talked about the backfill with Kyron i have a backfill with um Johnson uh jj so it's like i just can't imagine giving up two players of that caliber and my first.
1: Yeah, I think the issue was, like, Waddle had injury issues all year, so it wasn't, like, a lock by any stretch. Um, and Jonathan Taylor, while he was good, I think was was kind of splitting carries with, uh, I don't remember who their other running back is in, in Indianapolis, but those guys aren't necessarily the, like, marquee guys that they used to be. I think if you just look at their names, um, then they maybe constitute more, more draft capital. But, like, just if, if you look at what they had been up to that point – um, they had been fine but they weren't necessarily like locks for um the for the for the to be great in the playoffs i'm not even sure if they ended up starting for jT in the playoffs um or not so to that that to me is also where i, I think it just i don't know that drew could get a lot more for them than jT was offering and so that's that's where it went
0: um and i want to pull it up here
1: not defending the trade too much because i, I still think it was a bad trade but but i'm just i'm just just throw that out there as a as a mitigating factor.
0: Yeah, which is fair. I just think in the moment, um, which obviously hindsight is uh, a trillion, a trillion. Yeah.
1: And I think if you are you judging the trade based on results, or are you judging it based on you know how it looked at how it looked when the trade was made? I think in if in that case, obviously you go. I think two separate directions.
0: Um. Yeah, I think that's fair, uh, and maybe I'm just hurt because. It's me and I'm going into next year without a person a second. Do I think I'm going to be okay if my team can stay healthy? I do. But moving on, we got two left. Uh, this one is hysterical. So we'll move on to biggest disappointment of the year. The self-proclaimed manager of the year turns to be the biggest disappointment. We have Kyle with five votes. Um, so self-proclaimed manager of the year. Ends up just dropping the ball completely. Then Brody came in with four, not in the league anymore. Uh, this one surprised me a little bit, but not really myself with two. And then um, I don't agree with the last, but Sam with one. Um, would love to hear your thoughts on biggest disappointment.
1: Yeah. So, so I, my original thought was Kyle um, because he had a bunch of picks at the beginning of the year and miss the playoffs I mean that he started out zero and six like it was it was just a a, really a terrible season when you have the picks that he had to miss the playoffs is an enormous disappointment and normally and it would get my vote however I don't know that you can get more disappointing than literally quitting the fucking league so that's (laughs) that's why I went with Brody like I don't I don't like it just does not get more disappointing than that. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I think Brody is a very, very high honorable mention. Um, I didn't even think of, I wasn't even when I was voting for this, I definitely voted for Kyle because I've been roasting him for manager of the year the whole year. In hindsight, if I could think about this and not just roll through these a little bit more like Brody a thousand percent, uh, I guess to your point, you look at it different ways. I guess mine was for the season in particular, I'm just looking at that. Um, totally agree. (laughs) There is no bigger disappointment than literally dropping out of a league that you've been in for fucking 15 years or however long it's been. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Brody, great honorable mention wasn't far behind. It literally would have just taken one swing vote. Uh, and then you had myself with two. Again, I think you can look at this two different ways. I don't think I went into the season like I right. i didn't have some picks. I don't think I went into it and anybody thought that I was going to, you know, break down any walls or do anything crazy. Uh, I think this goes back to me being Mr. Relevant. Um, people just want to throw my name out there for for shit like this. I do think the trade was disappointing, didn't set yeah. myself up. I, I
1: think if people voted for you, it had to be because of your the expectations for your team after the trade compared to what year, what year, what year you finished. As Because obviously, coming into the season, you were not one of the teams with a ton of draft picks. Like, I don't think anyone expected you to be one of those top competitive teams. So that's why I, I yeah. wouldn't have been from the beginning of the season. But from that midway point, from that trade, then things – obviously, there was a disappointment factor there. Sam, the vote for Sam had to just be because of his – It was probably Dakota. Yeah. yeah, it was his
0: <laughs> Dakota laps and playoffs. I mean, it was my same argument the year that uh, – that I won the league, didn't win the Super Bowl. It's never a disappointment if you win the league, you know, uh, you get some money. I don't necessarily care about the money. It is something that can go on a notch in your, like, legacy. Um, And then also you have to have that little hint of luck uh, to win the Super Bowl. But I don't think Sam was a disappointing, disappointing finish. Agreed. And last but not least, ironically, Manager of the Year, one a, historically one of the worst managers that this league has ever seen without a doubt, um, comes around and wins Manager of the Year. We got Big Sexy uh, with five votes for Manager of the Year. Um, then you have JT with four. Uh, somebody had to have fucked this up. Uh, Because then (laughs) I had one vote, (laughs) Mason had one vote, and Sam had one vote. Uh, So, thoughts on manager of the year and and kind of the different votes that that came into play?
1: Yeah, to me, this one definitely came down to uh, Ross and um, came down to Ross and and JT. Uh, I think going into the playoffs, Chip had an argument. Um, but losing first round of the playoffs, kind of getting yourself knocked out after trading away the picks that he traded away. Like he couldn't, he couldn't get it. Um, so it really was in my mind came down to JT and, uh, to JT and Ross personally, I voted for JT. I just think winning the league kind of puts you over the, over the edge. And I think that he, he did enough. Um, but I do think Ross probably made, I would say maybe some more impactful moves to get him to where he got at the end of the season. Which, which I think, if you, if that's the way you look at it, then then definitely you can you can go with him. But it's not like Ross started with nothing. I mean, like both these guys started with a ton of draft capital this season. Um, they obviously made the most of it. But I, I went with JT. Just the tiebreaker to me was was winning the title. Um, the other people, I just don't. I don't think you can go with anyone else. I mean, obviously, I agree with you. That had to be a mistake. Someone voting for you, um, Mason. Mason made some good moves. He he really came came through at the end of the season. Um, but I mean, he's still, he was, you know, eighth place in the regular season. I, I don't know that you can necessarily go manager of the year with that. Uh, Sam, he won the regular season title, but then just the, the fumble city in, in, in the playoffs. Again, I don't think you can go manager of the year there either. So yeah. to me, it was just, it was between JT and Ross. I think Ross is definitely deserving. Congratulations to Ross. I, I personally went JT, but I could see either side.
0: Yeah. I think, um, now that I'm putting the puzzle pieces together, I think that slime ball JT, Put his vote on me because you can't vote for yourself, and didn't want to proactively vote for Ross, leaving him to you know essentially gain like an additional vote. Um,
1: that's that my thought.
0: That could be true. I, and if you've been
1: seeing who voted for what, I don't know. Maybe Chip does. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, and if you did that, JT, you're a slime ball. Um, Mason, I think you know Masons. It comes down to. Um, he did make a lot of moves. He was really irrelevant. Then, like, the bottom teams of the league this year just fucking sucked, man. We were not good.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> We were just not good. So he somehow swindled and floated his way, rubbed the team out to, he made the playoffs. Yeah, um,
1: yeah. They won, he beat Sam in the playoffs. He won a playoff game. Yeah, but
0: I uh do I think that's manager of the year worthy? Probably not. And then Sam, um as soon as this guy didn't start his fucking players, like he could have been in the running, but as soon as this guy didn't start his players, it's like see you later. I don't even know how somebody voted for him. Um so Big Sexy, uh first official manager of the year of the Peanut Butter League. Uh P Mills, what do you think about the awards do you think it's going to shift the league in a certain direction do you think you know with the shit talker award and all these different awards do you think they're going to come into play or do you think it's going to be something that is just a fun little thing that we do at the end of the season and do you like the awards in general
1: uh well first of all i love the awards in general i i i love the idea it was a a great idea by you and, and executed to perfection by chip Um, you know, I think that that's something that we can definitely like grow and expand on going forward. Maybe even do like a little like awards show, like release them live on the pod, have have people on, do little interviews, stuff like that. Give let everyone give little speeches. Um, I think like stuff like that could be fun. Um, I think it's great. I think people really liked them. I don't know that it'll necessarily impact player behavior during the season. I think that people will definitely like take note of things more. Like like when you make a trade. If you think it's a good one, people will definitely be advocating for themselves more for like, oh, trade of the year, um, or like, pickup of the year, things like that. Um, so it'll definitely be on people's mind. I don't think it'll necessarily change how people play because at the end of the day, the goal is to win games, not win, not you know, not win the awards. Yeah, uh, but I it's definitely fun thing be, to
0: do. I do think it'll make people a little more skeptical with trading though, because people are already so skeptical about it, and there's so many stupid fucking things that people throw out when they're discussing <laughs> trades. And, like, even – it's so funny because, like, even my trade with Vince when we traded, I truly did think it was a pretty good trade for both sides. Um, Mm -hmm. I do think, like, it was really – at the time, in the moment, it was good for me. But even Vince, in that moment, without an award, was freaking out. And he was like, you fucked me over, didn't you? Like, I got fucked. And I'm like, I think it's good. And then fast forward and he actually wins the award of just absolutely demolishing me. So I do think – yeah, it'll just bring bring things a little more top of mind, and uh, it'll be something fun that can play out. I think uh, actually, if we I don't know if we want little trophies, but I think uh, if we had a little award ceremony at the draft where we presented the awards, um, <laughs> would be pretty would be pretty fun as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it's it was a good idea. I think there are definitely little like fun things we can do with it, and I think everyone enjoyed it. But but yeah, we'll have to keep it going in the future.
0: All right. And with that being said, boys, um, that is a wrap on the 2023 uh, season of the Peanut Butter League. Uh, The pod started off slow, picked up at the end. Next year, we're going to be coming out with uh, full force, uh, hopefully get one out. Let me know if anybody has any suggestions. I don't know if we liked doing the, you know, player by player, week by week. It's a little harder, uh, but always open to that. And with that being said, in the offseason, I wish you the worst of luck, and I can't wait to see you at the Kimes.